Beth Kazillo is a spiritual business coach for spiritual women who want to build abundant, heart-led, sustainable businesses. I was so excited to get to know Beck and chat to her about how she approaches business and marketing because she's publicly progressed her business over the past seven years, evolving through a few different offers. She began with Reiki healings and candles infused with healing energy, expanded into workshops, then one-on-one life coaching, and has now been a business coach for a few years. Even that description makes it sound like a lot quicker process than it was, but we'll cover how it really happened later in the episode. We also dove into how she uses her podcast as the hero piece of content, which is repurposed into most of her other marketing platforms. Welcome to the podcast, Beck. It's so good to have you. So good to be here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> awesome. I'm so excited to pick your brain about all of the different progressions that you've had in your business over the years. Um, but to kick us off, why don't you tell us a bit about your business now and who you are and what you offer now? Amazing. So I'm a spiritual business coach, which means that I support spiritual women in their business to build, grow and scale their business to six figures and beyond. And I do that through soulful business strategy, mindset and energetics. So bringing all of those things together to build and grow your business in a way that feels really aligned and true to who you are and your values. Amazing. So what's your current approach to marketing? Like what, what do you think about marketing? Is it more of like part of the ecosystem of business or is it like a begrudging thing that you have to do? How do you kind of approach it right now? <laughs> oh, I feel like my answer to that question would maybe change on the day that it is, you know, if I'm mid launch and, you know, feeling, feeling the, the, um, the grind or the, you know, um, when you're in a big sales season, I suppose marketing can feel a little bit heavier than usual. But for the most part, I treat it as just something that I do all the time. It's just a it's a part of business, particularly, you know, in the online world, we're always marketing. We're never not marketing. I actually saw that recently uh, shared somewhere online and I have no idea who shared it. But, you know, this idea that we're never not marketing um as online business owners, I think is so, so true. You know, even if we're just showing up on stories, sharing our life, it's still marketing in a sense. And I suppose I just treat it as such. I think before we hit record, I even said to you, you know, we're never not selling. We're always selling. Um, It's just, it's part and parcel of being a business owner. And there'll be times when I know that I'm not as optimistic about it. Um, but generally I, generally I feel pretty, pretty happy with marketing and, and approaching it in that way. Amazing. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Of, of, um, yeah, sometimes it is more intensive, but the rest of the time just kind of accepting it as it comes and, and it's all good. Cool. I love that. Um, so with your business, it didn't start out necessarily as business coaching right from the outset. So why don't you take us all the way to the back to the beginning and tell us about kind of like your why, why you started your business originally and your offer that you started with. Mm. So I've definitely had an interesting business journey and, you know, it might surprise people to hear where I started because it was not, I would never have thought I would end up here. You know, I would never have said it was, so it was over seven years ago now you know, in seven years time, I'm going to be a business coach. Um, I would have probably laughed in your face if you told me that. So I started my business as a creative outlet. I was working full time in the community sector and I wanted something that was a little bit lighter on the side. So working in the community sector space, I was working in youth issues, 
youth justice, youth homelessness, stuff that was really heavy. And I just needed something that was lighter on the, on the side. And I was already trained as a Reiki healer and I decided to make candles. And I remember this conversation with my partner and I said to him, I think I'm going to make candles. And he was like, okay. I was also studying interior design at the time at night. And he was like, do you think you should finish your interior design course first? And I was like, nah, (laughs) let's just roll with this. And I started making candles and because of my Reiki training and being already, you know, kind of embedded in the spiritual community, it always had, you know, this kind of healing energy baked in and and that was the vibe. And I made them for friends and then I was like, you know what, maybe I could sell these. And so I kind of started selling them at markets. And then when I launched my online store, we had a launch. So I started in candles handmade candles that I was pouring in my kitchen in our one bedroom apartment. So very basic. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, I I launched those. And what I loved is the creativity side of it. And I used to do, um, you know, seasonal candles. And then I launched a range of goddess candles. And that's where things started to change for me. So I launched these, I, I launched them gradually. So I created these goddess candles. And as I did that, I decided, well, let's do something fun here. Let's host a workshop that goes along with this goddess candle. Now, if you know anything about goddess energy, if your listeners know anything about goddess energy, each goddess has a different vibe, a different energy, a different, you know, the goddess of love, the goddess of transformation, the goddess of abundance. And so I ran a goddess uh, of transformation workshop and I actually did that alongside my mum. She's a professional psychic medium, which is why, I'm embedded in the spiritual community in this way already. Uh, And so we ran this workshop and I loved this work. I I had found my thing. It was like this light bulb had gone off and we ran a series of these workshops. We ran them for years actually and absolutely loved that work. It was really fun doing that with my mum. And what I discovered as women kind of came through these workshops, which were very much personal development, personal growth workshops, is they'd come out the other side and they'd have had this transformation. They came through all of our workshops and they'd had this transformation. And I had people saying to me, you know, can I do some one-on-one work with you? And I was like, oh, well, I suppose we could do that. And I trained as a life coach at that point. And it was at that point that I actually quit my day job. So I got to a point where I was in this space of like, if I want to take my business more seriously, I need more time. And so I'd gradually kind of cut down hours at work. I was you know, gratefully in a job where I could, you know, do that. And I had lots of flexibility. And then it came to this point where I was like, no, I'm just, I'm going to quit and I'm going to go all in. And that's when I did my life coaching training uh, and became a spiritual life coach. And so kind of from products, I was still doing my candles at that point as well, from products to workshops to life coaching. And what's really interesting is when women go through that process, often they will come out the other side and go, you know what, I want to do this work too. You know, I've done this healing, I've done this modality, this area really interests me. I want to help people who are in the same place I was, you know, a year ago and support them. And so they kind of find this new purpose and then they go to me, hey, Meg, you've started a spiritual business. You know, you're doing this successfully. You've quit your day job, you know, like, can you help me start my business? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I suppose I could do that too. Um, and I'd had a little bit of experience in that work anyway. You know, my mum being a professional psychic medium, I'd helped her in her business. 
you know, particularly on the online side of things and the social media side of things. You know, I didn't talk about the fact that I'd also had uh, at that time, you know, so I was a blogger, uh, a travel and food blogger, you know, a little like micro influencer in uh, my local town. And so I'd had some some experience in that space as well, which I brought across to business. And so it kind of was this really nice meeting of all of my experience. And as soon as I started doing that work, again, I had that moment of, oh, this is, this is the thing, this is it. And when the pandemic happened, you know, I kind of got more uh, focused in on business coaching and I supported a bunch of my community to bring their businesses online and then kind of from there grew and developed the business model that I have today. Amazing. So it sounds like until you started the life coaching portion, you still had your like quote unquote day job. Yes. How are you fitting (laughs) it all in? Uh, That's a good question. I was also still studying two nights a week as well, uh, which is wild to me when I think about it. Uh, I didn't have kids then. So I feel like there's, there's that element um, of having more time, but I did, I spent a lot of time on my weekends doing things. We used to do markets on the weekends. Uh, I would make candles in the evenings sometimes. Uh, but I did, so I kind of went from working five days a week to then working four days a week and then working three days a week. And then I quit. So I had this really nice progression, which I know is not like the reality for a lot of people, you know, not having a workplace who's going to be like, yeah, sure, you can just work half the hours. (laughs) I was very grateful to be in a position where, you know, my workplace is very flexible in that way. Um, And so I negotiated that and had that as kind of, you know, this really nice progression. But I did do, you know, I I would take holidays and, and work on my business. So and I, but I loved it as well. And for me, I think it was this real drive to, you know, build something that was just for me, that was just this, like, there's always been for me, this real desire to make my business something that supports me in my life. I've always approached it in that way. And so while you know, I like taking holidays now and having time away from the business. And I think it is important that you have some time off. Um, you know, I I do love working and I do love building. I do love the business building side of things. And actually, this is something I talk to my clients about a fair bit because, you know, so often you get into business because you're really good at what you do. You know, you've got these skills, you've got this passion, you want to help people, the business side of things is often the bit where you don't necessarily know what you're doing yet and you learn those things. But if you want to be successful in business, you've kind of got to love the process of business building, I think, because it is a big part of the work you'll do. You know, as we've talked about, like you're never not marketing, you're never not selling. And if you really, really, really hate those things, like you've got to find a way to make them work for you. Otherwise, like, I don't know if entrepreneurship is going to be the space for you because we got to do it, right? Unless we can outsource it, I suppose, you know, and there is that element of it. Um, but for a period of time, if you're a solopreneur, you're going to be doing those things. For sure. And I think there's an element too of like 
part of that is the core difference between like say having a day job and having a business is that by being your own boss you can maybe set your own schedule and all of those things without negotiating it with someone but with that comes the extra business stuff that your boss would otherwise be doing. Um, and so sometimes it's a trade-off. And sometimes you don't love the, you know, bookkeeping and the filing your GST and the whatevers. But if you aren't in a place yet where you can outsource that and fully delegate it to the point where you don't even have to think about it potentially, um, that's just part of being a business owner and it's kind of what you signed up for and sometimes it is a surprise so sometimes people are like oh I didn't actually realize I was signing up for this <laughs> um but that's the trade-off of like okay but now you don't necessarily have to have like your annual performance review and like ask every time you want to have time off and then worry whether your boss is going to say yes or no or any of those kind of things and so it's a trade-off but we do very quickly forget all of the things that yeah. we no longer have yeah. from being in a day job um, and it becomes a little bit more, more begrudging but there is also that thing of like okay if you already kind of predict that you might not enjoy those things maybe um, using your day job as like the essentially like the investor bankroller so that you can start out by having your VA or whatever do those things while you even still have that day job so that you um, and for some people that's like hiring a cleaner or um, you know paying extra for your kids to go to some particular thing that they're interested in like soccer camp or something where like you know your kid really loves soccer you're not going to be doing soccer for four hours so you might as well send your kid to soccer camp so that you have those four hours back it's like a win-win kind of a thing um, and obviously you know different kids at different ages you can't just send them off to soccer camp when they're like six months old um but there are those things of like okay how can I make this work for everyone in my kind of like ecosystem or how can I work for make this work for the different parts of me as a human um how can I make this work for my business in a way that uh brings some more alignment and sometimes it's just the thing of like sitting down and going okay I'm not loving this thing how do I improve a piece about that? And so like, how can, I'm not loving this part of my day job or my day job is draining me in some element. How can I do something on the side that fuels me, even if that's not a business that's going to one day mm -hmm. re replace your day job? Um, and then there's also the like, that thing, which I think is probably some kind of like real or TikTok sound at the moment that's like, you know, um, find a job that you love and you'll never work a day in your life when really it's like find a thing that you love and you will work all the time it will be the thing that you put all of your creative energy into you'll love spending your weekends doing it um and you'll actually spend more time than like <laughs> the 40 hours of a day job um to yeah. do it because you yeah. love it so much and I think the key word you said there or two words I suppose is the trade-off like you know there's always trade-offs in business that and I think there is an element that gets idealized around having your own business and you know what we what we see online of course you know kind of feeds that like highlight real vision of what it looks like but there's always always a trade-off and depending on what season of life you're in that exists you know and for me right now I'm in a season of life where I've got young kids and so business for me looks very different and I am constantly thinking about the trade-offs, you know, it's like, well, right now I don't have as much time. I do things like work in the evenings or, you know, squeeze in bits and pieces of work here and there. It's not always going to look like that, 
And it can be a little bit frustrating on some days where I feel like I'm stretched a lot. But the trade-off is, you know, I do that because it means I've got more time with my kids right now. And that's more important to me than, you know, potentially putting my kid in, you know, daycare earlier than I want to. And I'll do that next year. And I'm really excited for that. And there's going to be a whole lot of stuff that that comes with. But I don't want to like rush that, you know. And so I've got to constantly like you're constantly in this like space of thinking, okay, well, what's the trade off here? You know, if I don't do work this weekend, what's the trade off for next week? You know, and and that's okay. But if you can be intentional about those decisions, then it's going to serve you really, really well. Yeah. And also that thing of like having it all means Mm. something different to everyone. Having it all for some people is, you know, not having a business, not having a job, being a stay-at-home mother or father. Um, Some people, it's having the career while then being able to clock off at five, like mentally clock off and stop work and not have to think about it. Um, And for some people, it's like, well, I want to build my own thing. And it's just deciding those big things but also the small little things like what do I want my Tuesdays to look like what do I want my weekends to look like what do I want like do I want to make doing my accounting more interesting and so I'm going to light a scented candle and start with a meditation and make myself a little charcuterie board and turn it into a fun thing because for me I'm never gonna get the dopamine hit off of the actual bookkeeping other than probably pressing that like button that's like submit um and so because that's like one second of so much of it it's like how can I make the other parts fun um and then you know looking at your services and doing the exact same thing of like how can I make this more fun I mean I used to send off marketing strategies to clients in a document and now I do marketing strategies with clients in a meeting where we build it together and while I put together a document at the end I have so much more contact time with my clients and the initially it was like well this will be more interesting and dynamic for me and then what ended up happening was that Mm. they were more bought into it because they had actually been so much more a part of it and at any point they could say oh but that's a little bit too much for me or I don't really like video or I don't really want to like I want to do podcasting and then we break down the amount of time they're going to have to spend editing or whatever and so maybe we land on guest podcasting instead so they can still have the conversations (laughs) but they don't have to like do all the admin um and all of those things flux and change depending on like do you have a space you can do these things in do you have other responsibilities what kind of personality are you um what are your strengths and weaknesses um and it's so much more tailored Mm. than like what is your business type because ultimately who you are as a person and what you want to do will change um how you show up for each task and so it's it's super important. Mm, I um, so agree. I so yeah. agree. And just even asking yourself that question of like, how can I make this more fun? How can I make this more interesting? How can I make this, you know, more magical for myself? And often it will be even better for your clients because they'll feel that and get to experience that. And like, it's just, yeah, a win-win for everyone, which is awesome. Yeah. And also another thing is like the natural progression, because if you are constantly evaluating things along the way, chances are you'll make slight adjustments that'll bring it more into alignment rather than a um, one day you're suddenly burnt out and you have to like burn it down to build it back up again, Um, which is, yeah, feels more like a pivot than it does like a progression of sorts. Um, So at what point did you decide 
like I'm assuming now you don't still do all of those various different things. I mean, your yes. core product is your mastermind. Um, how did you decide to let certain things go? Maybe even like your day job. Mm. So the day job was very, it was a much more definitive moment. And I remember the moment. So I was actually in Bali at the time and I had left to go on a holiday to go to Bali and I'd had the conversation probably only a week before with my boss, which was the, you know, the conversation of, I think I want to take some more time in my business. And so, you know, can I, you know, reduce another day? And I had approval for it. And I remember going to Bali being like, amazing. When I get back, I'm going to have all this extra time. And while I was over there, I was just like, like, what am I doing? You know? And I'd already cut down so many hours and I had this moment of just like, you know what, even though I've had this approval, I think I'm ready just to let it go. And so it was almost that being able to take that step back, I think really allowed me to make that decision in that moment. And I know so many people will probably have had a similar experience, even if it's not in the exact same decision, you know, having that time away from normal life often gives you so much more perspective on, you know, what's going on uh, and, you know, what you can do. So that was the, that was that moment for me. And then other things in the business have been more of a slow burn. So for the candles, for instance, I didn't close my online shop for the candles until last year. Uh, right before my second child was born. And I'd probably had about two years of not really doing much in that space, you know. So I was still making a few candles on the side, uh, doing them for special events. I still had a stock of candles that were that were made. And so I still had the online shop open. And it was as I was heading into my second maternity leave that I was like, this is it. I'm closing the shop. And then when I come back from maternity leave, we will have no more candles. And I remember, you know, in that kind of year leading up to it, I would potentially share about them occasionally. And I, you know, I would have to kind of be like, just so you know, I also have candles and this is actually the history of my business. And you probably might not know that because I never talk about these things. Um, <laughs> and it was at that point I was like, I just need to let it go. And for me, it was very much like a, a big part of my business journey because it was obviously where I started. And so it probably felt more significant to me. Um, and I had thought I would kind of do a bit of a sale and kind of go out with a bang. And it just, I just didn't do any of that. I just kind of told people like, this is when the shop's closing. So if you want to get anything before the shop closes, then, you know, this is your time. And then we just kind of took it off the website and didn't really tell anyone. And it was like this very, very unceremonious moment for me. Um, but it was a long time coming. Um, and so I kind of, I feel like I grieved it almost. Uh, and I was very much ready to do that. Um, and uh, for me, my, because, because I had my first son kind of nine months before the pandemic, I was kind of in this space of only really doing like group programs anyway. And so I wasn't life coaching. I wasn't doing one-to-one -one business coaching. I had a number of different online programs that I was doing. And then when 
COVID hit, I did one very small program called Move Your Business Online. And then that kind of nosedived into what was, you know, created after that. I did, you know, I created my um, Spiritual Business Academy program, which is now an online course. And then I created my mastermind, which is called the Spiritual Business Mistress Mind. And so um, now my business looks like that. But I kind of, the, the life coaching kind of just, I let that kind of go basically because I had a baby and then COVID happened and I just never really, never really brought it back. So again, all of these different ways that I let different bits of the business go, I suppose, there's never been uh, a singular process. And I think that kind of speaks very much to my business journey of like, it's just been this natural thing that's just happened and just unfolded. And we've just kind of gone with each evolution and each flow as it's happened. And like while I'm very intentional about what I'm creating next and what I'm doing, I'm also very intentional about, you know, letting those things naturally happen, if that makes sense. How have you approached things like, because I, I, I can imagine there's a certain element and from what I've spoken to a lot of people about in terms of like leaving their day job is that they work towards mm. well, when I leave my day job, X, Y, Z, or when I start offering this program, these things are going to change. So how have you approached like being in the moment and taking, um, making the most of what it's like currently because you know that things will change eventually? Yeah, that's a really good question. I, I feel like I'm in that space right now because, you know, right now my days and my weeks look so different because, you know, I'm, I'm full-time with my 10-month-old uh, and then I know, like I know next year we're going to put him into daycare and so my days are going to look very different. How I manage that, I suppose, is just a constant, I have a constant like self-talk going on often, you know. So, you know, being a coach, I, I often will have these coaching conversations with myself because there are days where I'm like, oh, I just really need some time on my own, you know, like I can't wait I can't wait until, you know, Hugo's in daycare and I have two days where I can just sit and I can do things and I won't have to worry about it. And then I go, don't wish this time away. Like, don't wish this time away. And so, like, it's it's just this constant, you know, you never, I think, I think the battle often is we think we're going to get to this place where our mindset or our thoughts are just harmonious. And I just like it's just not ever going to happen, right? Like we're constantly in this space of like working things out and constantly having that conversation with ourselves. And so like in terms of, you know, if we relate that to people who are, you know, leaving their day job, there's that thing of like I'm in this season where I'm currently working and maybe I don't love working in my day job and maybe I don't like these things about it and I really can't wait until you know I'm full-time in my business and this is what it looks like my kind of suggestion to you would be to like it's so interesting right because there's so many times where that <laughs> where I will reflect on that being like oh wouldn't it be nice if I just knew that that paycheck was coming in next week and <laughs> And so what I would probably recommend you do is kind of sit with all of the things that are really great about 
having a workplace and, you know, leaning into that and leaning into what you can control. So often when we're in that space of thinking about, you know, oh, I can't wait till this or, I, you know, what if this or, you know, all of these things, we're, you know, we're future tripping ourselves almost. Whereas being present, we can only control what we can control. And so if you're really, really unhappy in your workplace, you know, is there stuff you can control about that? Are there things that you can change about that? You know, what are your options? What are your actual options here? Or are you choosing? And this is where like when you when you get really intentional about what you're doing and the choices that you're making, then you kind of take your power back, right? So you're intentionally choosing to stay in your day job because right now it makes it so much easier for you. And if you can be really intentional about that decision and always stay anchored back into that why, like why am I doing this? Why am I choosing to do this? Then that's going to really help you be in that space in a much more like optimistic, positive way than like, oh, I just can't wait to get out of this. If you can't get to that point, if that why becomes very unclear as to why you're staying there, then it's probably time to look at what you can change in that space. And I know for me, that's what happened. You know, I kind of took that step back, went on holiday and was like, why am I, why am I doing this? Is there any reason why I'm going back just to do two days a week? You know, when I could, I could take that leap of faith right now. And there's not much stopping me from doing that. When I had that thought, that was the moment where I went, oh, I'm definitely ready for this, you know, now. Uh, And so I, that's, I suppose, what I would encourage people to do. What's your why? And stay really anchored in that. And if that why is, I'm doing this right now because it makes it so much easier for me to build my business to the point where I am at a place where I can take that leap, then just keep reminding yourself of that and have that conversation with yourself and, you know, really stay anchored in that space and know that it's not forever. And so what can you enjoy about it right now? You know, even having colleagues and being able to go out for a, you know, work lunch or coffee, you know, there's certain things that I know, you know, I loved about being in a workplace that you don't get when you're a solopreneur. So enjoy it. (laughs) Try to. Yeah, that's perfect. And I think too of like, so sometimes you have this thing where, um, and the day job is such a good example for people who are wanting to move into solopreneurship of, um, you really want to leave your day job and you really, maybe there's something you don't like about your day job, or maybe you just want the freedom of working for yourself and you want to do more of your business, um, you know, full time, but sometimes financially that's not the thing. And so sometimes it's like, well, there are other options because you can get a different job. You could transfer within your company. You could ask for a change in your responsibilities or, um, anything like that where you actually have more options than Mm -hmm. just stay in the job or leave the job um, and go into your business full-time. Like there are other different ways that you can do it. And also there's all the little nuances of like, okay, but if I just want to buckle down for six months and get a bit more savings under my belt or something like that, like how can I enjoy this while I have it Um, and just being mindful about it so that you don't let the time like slip by essentially Mm -hmm. in like a these are the good old days kind of way of like you know potentially this is the last time I'm going to have an employer and this is the last time I'm going to have you know co-workers where I'm not the boss how can I make the most of that situation um because I don't know where my business is going to take me but it's definitely going to look different to this so this is the last time I get to do this 
Um, yeah. Yeah. And then how did you approach, you know, obviously with the client feedback situations, like you did your goddess workshops and then people were asking to work one-on-one with you along that process, were there also pieces of feedback that, or pieces of information or options that were presented to you that you decided to not take? Mm, that's a good question. I remember, so one of my big business failures, uh, and it's not even that big, but I remember when um, my first son was born in that kind of maternity leave period, I was kind of playing with what I could do. And I had a friend say to me, like, you could just offer, you know, kind of three card email readings and and I'd never done readings before. I mean, I can do readings, but I don't offer them professionally. I've never really offered them professionally. Um, you could just do that um, and, you know, price it at this, which is very low cost, right? Like that's a low cost offer and, um, you know, do that and you'll be able to do it, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so I I took this time. I created like the, the sales page for it. I created some beautiful imagery for it. I like put it all together. I was super excited about it at the time and I released it just, I had a Facebook group at the time and I released it just to the Facebook group. And as soon as I did that, as soon as I hit publish on that post, I felt this like moment of like, <gasps> like, no, this is not, this is not for you. And I've, I've not had many moments like that that have been so like visceral, like, oh, definitely not for you. Um, and so I put it out there and like very soon after that, that same day, I, um, I went live in the group and I was like, Anybody who's purchased, I think I got maybe like three sales or something. Anybody who's purchased, I will like 100%, you know, give you this reading, uh, but I'm closing it and there will be no more of this. And this is why. And then I made it this whole teachable moment. And, you know, we talked about like, you know, doing things authentically, et cetera, et cetera. And so um, <laughs> there's definitely like, that's a, a, like the first example that comes to mind of that kind of thing of like, you know, um, doing that and going, (laughs) no, 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 this is, this is not it. This is not it. Um, and you know, I'm really glad I had that experience because obviously I've got a great story to tell. Um, but that trust in, you know, knowing yourself, knowing what you want to do, knowing how you want to kind of progress even if people out there want the thing, you know, even if people are out there are buying the thing, like that's amazing, but it's got to feel aligned and good for you. Otherwise you're not going to be able to show up for that, you know, in that way. Um, and so for me, particularly now in this season, you know, my business is very much designed around the amount of time I've got, you know, so the way that I run my mastermind is we have a call a week and then I do one-to-one uh, Slack support behind the scenes. So I use Slack as our messenger app. And so we have a group Slack and I have one-to-one with all my clients. And I do that like in between stuff, you know, like I'm messaging clients while we're at the swimming pool for swimming lessons or, you know, while the boys are playing in the playroom, you know, I'm there, you know, messaging clients uh, at different times. Sometimes I, you know, you know, my husband gets home from work and I'm like, okay, I've got to go into the office for an hour and I've got to get some stuff done. Um, And so my business looks very much and my offers look very much designed around that with the intention of like, okay, how can I make this the best thing it can be for my clients, but also work for me right now? 
and this is what you know we've kind of landed on and I think it's always about when I when I help my clients create offers we look at okay well what's your business model look like right now is there anything missing what do you love about the things that you've got in your business what's working really well for you what's working really well for your clients is there a gap in here that we need to kind of fill so it might be that they don't have you know a mid ticket offer or they don't have a higher ticket offer or or whatever that looks like and then it's like okay well what's going to work for your clients so how do we create this thing that's going to work really well for them and then often the missing piece is you know how does this work for you like it's actually got to work for you you've got to be able to show up and sell this thing you've got to be able to show up and serve the clients within this thing so if you're designing it in a way that say it's a group program if you're designing in a way that has so much one-to-one contact then you know you're probably not going to have as many people in it if it was designed a different way you know and that's fine but it's got to reflect that and like the the purpose of the program has to reflect that and the outcomes of the program have to reflect that um and so you know you've kind of got to be really like looking at all these different things I suppose um and so I definitely feel like I've gone off on a bit of a tangent with this question but Um, but I suppose for me, you know, it's just about always looking at like the holistic picture of, you know, how is it going to be best for me to show up for this thing? What feels really good, you know, right now? And also knowing, you know, again, that's going to change and that's a great, exciting thing. You know, it's not always going to look the same. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's perfect. And I think the thing of the, it's the pieces of the puzzle that work together and making sure that you're not leaving yourself out of that picture of um, it's not just about like, okay, well, I've got this kind of pitch and proposition for it. This is the pricing and this is the delivery model. And then I'll figure it out and I'll make it work. It's also about how can I make this how can from the outset how can I make this work for me how do I want to work with people what lights me up and how will I then be able to serve those people who sign up for that offer better because it's not just created in a vacuum for what they need and want it's also about Mm -hmm. what's going to work for me and it makes it more sustainable over time which then means that when you repeat that offer over and over you still have the relevant testimonials because you've been able to maybe you've slightly evolved it but it isn't like a thing of like well that didn't work so I've just got to scrap the whole thing because energetically for me it was just like not aligned um yeah Yeah. so I love that um when it comes to your marketing how are you uh balancing all the different things of like the different platforms and and um you know, making sure that you do your podcast and all of those different types of things. How are you prioritizing things within the business so that you still have time to market your offers? Great question. So the way that I see kind of my content marketing is that my podcast is like the hero piece of content. So that's where I personally put most of my creative energy into. And I have a team that supports me. So, you know, I definitely do not have time and I would not have time to create a podcast and edit it myself and do all of the, you know, kind of uh, repurposing of that across different channels. Like it just wouldn't happen if I didn't have a team. So I have a team that helped me edit the podcast. I outsource that. And then uh, personally, I have a VA and I also have a content manager. And so we, the podcast is a really great example. I love my podcast process because 
it's one of the processes where I do the creative work. I do the creative thinking. I, you know, write my notes, I record it. And then I literally hand it over. And there's this beautiful process that happens where I do have, you know, you know, kind of a review in the middle of it, but it goes out to this team and then my team internally do um, the rest of their magic and turn it into, you know, a reel and, uh, put it on the website as a blog and they upload the show notes and they do all of it, uh, which is amazing. Um, and so the answer to your question is I have help. <laughs> uh, I have support to make it happen. Um, but the podcast is definitely where I put most of my energy into. And because I do a mix of guest and solo episodes, you know, we have a, it's a lot of rich content in there, you know, and I know you would know this from, you know, obviously having your podcast you know, it is a big effort. Like creating a podcast isn't just something that, you know, is writing a social media post. It is, there's a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of thought that goes into it, but it is very rich in terms of, you know, the like repurposing essentially. And so we will take that and we will repurpose it, you know, across channels and kind of share it as a podcast, but then we might take that and share it as a social media post carousel. And then maybe three months later, that exact same carousel will be repurposed into, you know, a reel uh, or different ways that we can use that content. I know uh, we also will often use, uh, so any podcasts that I released during a launch period six months prior, those podcast episodes will often turn into kind of sales emails during the next launch. So we kind of, um, essentially make the most of that hero piece of content as much as we can um, to maximize our time. And then um, when we might be in like a, in a launch or preparing for a launch or doing kind of a sales season, whatever that looks like, um, I'll talk to my content manager who does do a lot of copywriting for me and we'll kind of have a bit of a chat about, okay, well, what's going on with clients at the moment? You know, where are they at? What are they doing? What questions are they asking? You know, what are people finding challenging at the moment? And so we'll kind of brainstorm based on the work that I'm doing with clients right now, what, you know, is their biggest challenges? And then we'll create content that's based around that. And, you know, she'll take my word vomit when I jump into Slack and kind of, you know, just <laughs> she, she'll ask me a question and I'll just, you know, speak to it, speak to the question, answer the question in this very roundabout way. She'll take that and turn it into, you know, something that makes sense. And then I'll review it and we'll put it out. It's very much a collaborative process, which is really nice. Um, but I definitely have support and uh, most of it is based on kind of what we're doing on the podcast, which is really nice. I love that because the thing about doing a podcast is it is quite time intensive but as you say it's really rich in content so if you can make the most of all of the effort that you're already putting in and do an extra like 10-20% to turn it into like 10 times the amount of different touch points um, and obviously all of those touch points aren't anywhere near the length but they're just allowing people to find the pieces of information that they need to make the decisions later on about you know continuing to follow you, becoming more familiar with you and your offers and then potentially signing up for one, um, then they would if there was just like, well, they you have to listen to the podcast to get kind of like any rich content. Um, and otherwise yeah. it's just kind of like, oh, well. <laughs> and because that is a massive filter that 
stops you know 95% of people getting through because you've kind of like put a hurdle up in front of them um Mm -hmm. so it's that thing of how can you make it work um how can you maximize your input by in this case having other people do extra little pieces of the puzzle for you yeah yeah and you know it's a process that you know if I had more time I would probably have more of my hands in that process you know and so even if people don't have support in their business right now, you know, you can create a content process for yourself that might not even involve a podcast. You know, I have clients who do, you know, Instagram lives and that's kind of their kind of meaty piece of content or they'll, you know, create videos for YouTube, which I think is amazing. People who are on YouTube are just like, (laughs) I look at that content and I'm like, that is so amazing Um, because I know how much effort and time goes into that. Um, or even like email, you know, people will make their email, their kind of, um, piece of content that's their, you know, their hero piece of content that they then repurpose across in multitude of ways, blogging, all of these things, you know, it doesn't have to be a podcast. I love podcasting personally, but, um, you know, there are other ways to do that. And then you can of course create your own process and, you know, use that if you get smart about where you're putting all of those notes, you know, um, then you can find them again and be like, oh, amazing. Look at all of these incredible notes I've got. Um, I'm going to repurpose that into something new. And I think it's important to remember that often the message doesn't change that much. You know, I've been business coaching now, exclusively business coaching for over three years. And obviously you've been doing it a little bit longer than that. And while content and you know how you do certain things has changed because social media changes and that kind of thing changes like the basics of business you know the foundations of business they're just it's not changing and so the things that you're talking about and I would imagine the same is this it's the same thing no matter what industry you're in you know often the things you're teaching people sharing with people the stories might be slightly different and updated but like the crux you know the messing behind what you're sharing it's probably not that different. Like you're probably sharing the same thing often over and over again. And that's how we, that's how we get our message out there. Yeah. It's just that the delivery method changes slightly and there'll be different, Mm. like slight tweaks, you know, even um, thinking of like Instagram as a platform, you know, the formats have changed and the various like expectations of followers have changed, but also the platform has grown. So there are people on there who are more like, carousel um and caption focused because that's how they deliver their messaging and then there are the people who are very visual so it's all about what does the image look like what does the reel look like and sometimes you know there are content creators who can deliver all of their messaging maybe because they're a photographer or something um in the visuals and so the audio is not even them like they don't own a microphone that's anything special because they actually don't record any audio in any format um but they're still using Instagram. And um, as these platforms grow and like YouTube and podcasts, as all of these options scale, the options within them also become available because there isn't one way to make any platform work for you. Um, Like there are video podcasts, there are audio podcasts, there are eight minute episodes, there are three hour shows. (laughs) Like you can figure out whatever works for you, like guest, no guest. Um, Are you going to be, you know, even when you have a solo episode, do you have a friend on to kind of interview you so that there's still some back and forth in conversation? Or you could just have it that all of your episodes are solo and they're like 
off the top of your head in your car in your lunch break from your day job or whatever like you can just make things work for yourself of how how is it the simplest for you and how do you show up and then okay well I already have a virtual assistant or I want to have a virtual assistant or if I had a virtual assistant they could do these three tasks for me and how would that interface and look like yeah um so it's all about making it work for you your business your own capacities and kind of like your own strengths as well yeah exactly you know and I work with some clients who you know are more tech savvy and so they do do a lot of stuff themselves and they can they find it easy and they enjoy learning stuff you know doing those things themselves and then I've got other clients who you know maybe they're a little bit older and they don't love it so much and they actually invest in help in that help earlier on because of the amount of time it saves, you know? And so I have these conversations with clients sometimes where I'm like, it's not a hard and fast rule as to when you do this thing, you know, when you outsource, it's like, what is, is it that you want to achieve in your business? What are your goals right now? And how can we help you get there? You know? And sometimes that is outsourcing certain things perhaps sooner than other people would, but they might be focusing their energy in a different area that is more challenging for them too, right? Like we're not all built the same and therefore our businesses, the way that we do marketing, the way that we show up, like all of that isn't the same either. And I think that's, that is one of the problems with, you know, going out there and, uh, you know, building your business without any kind of support from anybody. Because if you look out into the online space, like there is so much information out there. There's so many people saying this is the right way to do things. This is the wrong way to do things. And then you'll find someone else who says the exact opposite. Like it's so confusing if you're somebody who's just starting out in business, looking at all of these things going like, but what does this mean for me? Like having somebody who can help you navigate that and like help you go, okay, well, you know, these are the options. This is what you could do. And there's many, many things you could do. And there's many ways you could work. You could make it work, but what's going to suit you the best. Can we make some intentional decisions around how you want to work and how you want to show up and what your strengths are? That's, that's the key. Yeah. And that's what I love about podcasts so much. And like interviews like this is that um, sometimes from the outside looking in, looking at certain businesses, you have to make assumptions about why they do things. Mm. And sometimes the assumption that you make is because, well, that's the done thing. That's how it works. Um, whatever. When really it's like, well, when they were 16, they wanted to be a radio host. So now they have a <laughs> podcast and like, you're never going to, unless they don't, unless they mention that at some point in a podcast episode, you're never going to know that. Um, and also a lot of the advice that is thrown around there is like, with hindsight, this is what I should have done. And sometimes it's like, and that's what I would have done or did do or whatever eight years ago when XYZ wasn't available mm -hmm. to me. And so it's also that thing of um, you have to filter through the information and be inspired by maybe the why behind the thing and not like, well, my favorite business owner has a podcast so therefore I should have a podcast yeah. it's how how do I approach these things in the same ways and probably end up with a different result and that's okay mm. too yeah 100 percent. yeah yeah I so agree perfect
thanks so much for clarifying that for me and kind of walking me through all of those things because what I love to hear about is the stories of progression and why you've done things and how you've changed your services over time to either better suit you or the life that you're in or just because you discovered this new thing that you now want to do more of um, and kind of like the why behind that so really enjoy that um, let's move into the quick fire so just some quick quick questions for you just to kind of get to know you a little bit better who inspires you in business that's a good question I think the first thing that comes to mind today is my clients I am constantly inspired by my clients and what they do and how they show up and the incredible range of skills that they have um I'm constantly inspired by my clients I think that would have to be my my uh (laughs) my number one today I'm sure I would answer that question differently tomorrow but that's who I'm feeling inspired by at the moment perfect what creative pursuit are you enjoying or feeling drawn to right now in your work or personal life Mm. creatively in work I would have to say I just am loving podcasting and I've been podcasting now for over two years which is wild because that's gone very quick Uh, but I just love I love it as a process and in life I would have to say playing with my kids is just the best it's it's fun I'm not a super creative mom I'm definitely not a crafty mom but the imagination that you know my eldest now is four his imagination just blows my mind and he'll regularly, you know, tell me what he has, he tells me what to do, right? Like I don't get much say, but um, it's always fun playing with him and getting creative with him. That's amazing. What is your favorite <laughs> place on the internet right now? So very timely. Uh, I have been playing over on Threads, which is, you know, the new app that Instagram's just released. And I am really enjoying it as an app. So watch this space. I don't know how long that's going to last for or where that's headed long term, but I'm really enjoying that space online. Yep, I love that. I think today is like day five or day six of Threads existing. (laughs) And I am already, it feels like it's been around for months. I'm like so into it. I love it. It's going to be so good. I'm just kind of like excited but hesitant as to how it will expand as more and more people get on there and as they add more features and whatever else changes because the first week of something is always very different to the first year, but I'm really excited about it. I love it. Mm. What are you looking forward to the most in the next year of business? Oh, that's a good question. I definitely think I am looking forward to having a little bit more structured time in my business next year. So as I've already talked about, you know, having my youngest in daycare and getting that opportunity to just have some solid time. uh, I'm really looking forward to that, but at the same time, not wishing this time away Uh, and just continuing on this same trajectory. You know, I've, I had someone ask me uh, recently, you know, like, what's next for you in business? And I was kind of like, at the moment, it's kind of just more of the same because I feel like I've gotten to this really great place of loving what I've created and loving working with my clients in the way that I am and and just doing the thing. Uh, And so I'm kind of just in this space of really just cruising at the moment and not necessarily striving for anything massive, which is kind of nice, you know, to have a season of not you know, not being in that big business building scaling phase. 
That's amazing. Essentially, that's what a lot of people right now will be hoping they had. Um, so I'm glad that you get to enjoy it. <laughs> it's possible. It's possible to get there. I promise. <laughs> yeah. It. it does require some work, you know, but you can get there. Yeah. And also a certain amount of patience as well of like, okay, I'm just going to enjoy this while I have it because I am not ready for the next stage yet, but I know kind of what it's going to be. Cool. Yes. Yeah. I, um, I wholeheartedly agree with that. Amazing. What are you looking forward to the most in the offline world in the next year? I think it's more of, you know, being a mum and being with my kids and seeing where, you know, they go um, and how they continue to grow. You know, my youngest will be walking soon. He'll turn one soon. You know, so there's lots in that, like, you know, one to two year old space in the next year, which I'm excited for having been there, done that. That's a really, really lovely time uh, before they kind of get to that age where they tell you no and they're in charge. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and yeah, it's, 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 that's consumes my world pretty much. Um, and I've also just, you know, really recently in the last six months moved town. So we now live at the coast. And so I'm really looking forward to summer and being here like a full summer where we can enjoy the long evenings and go to the beach and just like really be living the coastal dream right now it's winter and so it's a little bit like you know we're, I'm definitely I'm not a big ocean swimmer anyway uh and so it's very much like we'll go to the beach and rug up and you know I can't wait for summer um so looking forward to that for sure that's amazing if someone is listening to this episode and they want to grow their own business, what is the one thing you recommend they do or evaluate next? Oh, that's a good question and very much depends on where you're at and what you need to do. And so my recommendation is something that I see clients do or people in my community do is sometimes make a problem where one does not exist so for example you might see someone online doing something that you don't necessarily do in your business or you don't have organized yet or you know you're not at that point where that's a, that's a, a priority and you go oh well maybe I, that should be my priority and so you're then creating something new for yourself to do or you know you think you're wrong because you haven't organized that thing yet or done that thing yet and so what I would really, really recommend you do is get clear on what your goals are, number one, what you're, so what you're working towards, and then what though the things are that are actually going to help you achieve those goals and just stay really focused on that and solve the problems that you need to solve to get there as opposed to getting distracted by anything else. And there's a lot that can distract you. And so just being, if you can be laser focused and potentially get some support to help you decide what those things are that are actually going to help you get to the goal that you have and kind of stay focused on those things, then that is what I would recommend. And just really be mindful of those things that are coming into your orbit of like, is this a priority for me right now? And it's okay to have things on like your wish list, you know, and to park them for future. There's so many things that I've parked as to something that I want to do in the future, or this is the next step, you know, this is the next layer of marketing, for example, that we're going to add on, you know, um, 
a good example of this is, you know, you might see someone share that Pinterest is like the best way to grow your business, you know? And so then you go, oh, well, I need to be on Pinterest. And it's like, well, Pinterest can be really great, sure. But like, is that really the thing you need to be putting your time and effort into right now? Maybe it is, but maybe it's not. And so, you know, that can be something you can park and go one day when I have more time or when I've got more support in the business and when I know what I'm doing on Pinterest, then, you know, I'll add that layer in. But right now that might not be my priority because my priority is this thing. And so I would, I would really, that's, that's my advice. Stay focused on your goals and not get distracted. (laughs) I love that because what I have is a new ideas notebook and unless it is time to evaluate all of the things, the new ideas stay in the notebook. And that's okay. Um, Oftentimes they will graduate to Notion because I have too many thoughts and I don't want to be writing them. My hand can't keep up. Or like I'll do a voice memo or whatever. And then I'll just like let it be because today is not the day whether I, that I have the capacity to evaluate whether this fits with my goals. So I'm just taking note of it and like keeping it for later. So I don't forget about it. But today is not the day I get to make that decision because either I don't have the capacity or like I'm all in my feelings about that idea and why I should or shouldn't do it and whatever and it's just um if I can evaluate with all of the pieces then I'll end up with the the best decision for me basically so yeah I love that yeah yeah I so agree get a new ideas notebook everyone yes yeah (laughs) and whether it's a physical notebook or like the app on your phone the notes app on your phone or like notion or whatever where you want to brain dump stuff or voice memos like whatever works for you as like the way to not forget about the good ideas but like knowing that you don't have to do it today for it to be valuable um perfect Mm. yeah well thanks for joining me this has been amazing to chat with you and learn all about your business and also know of like what are the things that are coming down the pipeline for you that are so interesting um and i hope that you really enjoy your time of um no new things and doing the same as you are currently doing and and living in the moment and loving it thanks thanks so much for having me it's been really fun chat today Thank you for joining me for this episode of the Digital Hive podcast. If you're enjoying the podcast, I'd love it if you could share it with a friend or on Instagram and tag me at Honeypot Digital. To find out more about Honeypot Digital and the work I do, or to find more episodes of the podcast and handy tips for small businesses marketing online, head to honeypotdigital.com.